here's the thing. So on this episode, I'm going to be responding to a sit-down that Jason Whitlock had with Ben Shapiro on his Sunday special show. Uh, this is It's not new. This occurred on June 24th, I believe, 2018, so over a month ago. Um, and Jason and Ben go over quite a few topics, including the NFL kneeling debate, police brutality, single motherhood, and I'm just going to give my thoughts. A conversation about the national anthem, because nothing he did was strategic. Again, he, he thinks you can affect change with emotion or with some symbolic act that's not well thought out. He doesn't understand that Martin Luther King and the people of the civil rights movement, that was a very strategic, executed plan. Okay, Jason, even if I grant that Colin Kaepernick did not affect any change whatsoever with his protests, which I don't actually believe that, but even if I grant it for the purpose of this conversation, what does that have to do with his right or his ability to protest in the first place? So are you, are you making the argument that unless a protest is very well thought out and is extremely effective, then the person should not protest? Granted, I agree that that's the best case scenario if you're going to protest. Uh, if I were going to protest, I would definitely want to make sure I'm doing it in the most efficient manner possible. But you're basically making the argument that he shouldn't be protesting. And part of the reason why he shouldn't be protesting is because you don't feel like he is good at it. I don't think that's a good argument. Let's talk about the various factors that are playing into you know, some of the stuff that Kaepernick is protesting about. The, the supposed police brutality or disproportionate shootings of black people by the police. You know, I, I've spoken about this many times. The, the statistics just do not support the idea that black folks are being disproportionately shot by the police. Okay, what statistics, Ben? What statistics show this? Um, because if you just mean literally more white people are shot by the cops and killed than black people, yes, this is true. However, last I checked, white people make up about 62% of the U.S. population, whereas blacks make up approximately 13% of the population. So unless you're adjusting for population, the apples to apples comparison doesn't really make sense when you consider the fact that about 49% of the people killed by police officers are white, but something like 24% are black, the number is disproportionately higher. You're a lot more likely to be killed if you are black, in spite of the fact that there are far more white people killed by cops. You're still far more likely to be killed by a cop if you're black. So I'm not sure what you're referring to there, Ben. Not to be outdone, though, here is Jason's point. Oh, these policemen who didn't sign up to be their parents aren't treating them the way we want them to be treated. Well, the first abuse is the, is the lack of parenting. That's the issue. Jason, I will grant you that parents need to take responsibility for their kids, period, regardless of race. However, are you really making the argument that a child of neglectful parents deserves to be killed by the police? Is that the argument that you're making? Because it seems like it, and I'm really confused how you can stand by an argument like that. And a repercussion of that is going to be our kids are unsupervised, and we're asking other people who aren't their parents to supervise them, 
Don't be shocked when there's abuse. Okay, I think I can honestly say that I'm not strawmanning you at this point, Jason. It seems like the point that you are making is that if a parent or parents are neglectful, then it doesn't really matter what happens in the streets. If a cop unjustifiably kills a young black male, well, then, you know, oh, well, they probably deserve it because their parents didn't do better. That doesn't make sense. That doesn't, that doesn't, that's morally reprehensible. And I'm not sure how you can justify, just to be clear, I understand that Jason is not directly saying this, but it's, it's sort of tacitly implied in what he's saying. And I don't understand how that, how that's a justifiable point, how you can hold that viewpoint. It's just beyond me. The real question, I guess, is why do you think it is that people who are prominent in culture and in the black community have not taken more of a perspective just saying, OK, well, let's let's get our own house in order and then we can talk about, you know, the, the supposedly brutal problem that, that's happening. I'm not saying they can't be tackled simultaneously, but it seems like the amount of focus is 95 percent on terrible policing and 5 percent on actual societal problems. The problem with this point, Ben, is that you're not a part of the black community and you're not a part of these conversations as far as what we're doing to get our house in order. So yes, what you're going to hear is our outcry and outrage as far as unjustified police shootings against unarmed black men. Yes, those do need to stop and those will be rallied against. We will yell loudly against those, regardless of how uncomfortable it makes you. Uh, just because you feel like there are other issues in the black community. And to be sure, there are. There are definitely many other issues within the black community that needs to be addressed. However, that doesn't mean that uh, police brutality gets to go unchecked until we have all of our ducks in a row. That's not how that works, Ben. Without Twitter, Black Lives Matter couldn't exist. It couldn't exist. No one would buy that narrative that, because again, the stats speak for themselves. Let's say 700 people get killed by the police this year. I think statistically, four or 500 of them are going to be white people, two, 300 of them are going to be black people. And then, you know, I don't know if my math is right, but those yeah, unarmed are black, unarmed black people killed by the police last year was under 20. Yeah. I got to be honest, I'm still not sure what statistics Ben is quoting off the top of his head. I'll do my best to do my own research and leave some sources of my own in the description because I'm almost positive that he's wrong. However, uh, as regarding Jason's point, whether or not Black Lives Matter would be a thing without Twitter or not, it's kind of irrelevant. I would think that it would be, but even if it, it wouldn't be, that just means that, okay, thank goodness for Twitter because Black Lives Matter does need to be a thing. If anyone uh, abuses the Black Lives Movement in a toxic manner, that's unfortunate. But the general gist behind Black Lives Matter does need to be a thing. For the simple fact that not only is there police brutality against Black people, it doesn't end there. Because some people want to frame it as that's the entire discussion. That's not really the entire discussion. The problem is not just that there are some bad apples in the police department because not all of them are bad apples. The problem is when you can kill a, an unarmed black man on video. It's clear that this is cold-blooded murder 
and basically get paid or unpaid suspension at the worst. That's a problem. That's why Black Lives Matter is a movement. It's not because it's not because people are doing bad things and black people having to be the victim. That has always been the case and that will always be the case against black people and every other race. The problem though is is the, the lack of accountability because people people wanna have this discussion about oh well, you know, some cops are in more dangerous neighborhoods and and uh, some cops face gang brutality and then as soon as a cop is killed the outrage is real. The outrage is absolutely real. Anyone that kills a cop deserves nothing but the worst. But if you kill a black man, you deserve what? Administrative leave? No, I'm sorry. That's not acceptable. That's 100% not acceptable. And that's why Black Lives Matter. Where's all this victimhood coming from? LeBron James is now on TV uh, and at press conferences, say, oh, my God. And I don't want to, I do want to mock it because it was silly. LeBron James on TV, he compared someone allegedly riding on a gate of his $20 million mansion in Brentwood. Someone allegedly wrote on his garage gate the N-word. Yeah, I do have a couple issues here. Jason seems to be implying that because LeBron James is incredibly wealthy that him complaining about an act of uh, vandalism uh, in the form of racism is sort of a petty and that additionally I did cut the clip off but he went on to say that uh, it was ridiculous and it was ridiculous and petty for uh, LeBron to evoke Emmett Till's name um, it, it, issue number one is a the fact that LeBron James is wealthy does not mean that he is not able to complain about an act of uh, racism. As a matter of fact, because he is wealthy, uh, the point holds that much truer. And he was using himself as an example because, ironically, uh, people like yourself, Jason, or and even Ben Shapiro, sort of like to imagine that we live in this post-racial society and any talk of racism is extremely overblown and this is just a problem of the past and we just need to move on to other things. And the point that LeBron James was making is that, listen, I'm a widely adored multi-millionaire NBA player, basically. Um, if, if this can happen to me, just imagine the average nobody black person. And it's an amazingly excellent point. And the family of Emmett Till actually backed up on that one. So I'm not sure where... It, Jason was going with that point um, or how he felt he had a leg to stand on there. LeBron was, had every right to bring it up with regards to the fact that he was, he wasn't in the house or not like that at the time. And that's, that's not relevant. That's not the point. The point is, is that even in this modern day and age, even if you are a superstar, if your skin is the wrong color, Anything can happen in America. That's the point that he was making. And that's not negated by the fact that he's rich. I, I think black people are being programmed and pushed farther and farther to the left. If you understand anything about the history of African-Americans in this country, 
we are the most, we have been the most religious people in the country. Our values are naturally conservative, the things that we believe in. We're not pro-abortion. But we have been pushed by the media farther left than our values say we should go. We've chosen politics over our belief in God. I talked with my mother about No, Jason, um, definitely going to have to disagree with you there. Uh, The black experience is not monolithic in the United States. Many of us are not religious. And just as you would point out that not all black people are liberal, many black people are conservative. You have to understand that that fence swings both ways Um, just because conservatism and really religiosity tends to go hand in hand doesn't mean that there is a direct correlation always. There are many black people who are religious but liberal and there are also many black people who are conservative and not necessarily religious. It's there, this is not a one size fits all. You seem to be applying your particular experience uh, to all of black America and uh, I think you're incredibly missing the mark i get it because you you feel like you came from modest beginnings and had a modest upbringing that you perhaps think that you experienced the typical quote-unquote black experience uh but i would definitely caution you against that kind of thinking i look at the football players and and i see an emotional response to trump Trump is an entertainer. He's a goofball. He's our president. I respect him as our president. But I don't have to respond emotionally to everything he does. Can't believe I'm saying this, but I pretty much agree with Jason on this one. Uh, Not the respecting Trump as the president. That's never going to happen. However, he does make a great point about not needing to respond to everything that Trump does. And I can't I can't really overstate the important of the importance of this. I am personal, personally of the belief that had it not been for the crazy free media attention that Trump received during the 2016 elections, he would not have won. It was simply impossible to turn the TV on and not see Trump, whether it was positive or negative coverage really doesn't matter. It's like we're in a constant state of reacting to the latest crazy thing that Trump said. He shifted the Overton window so far that he can just... Him not acting irrationally is also news. Like, oh my goodness, Trump did something that kind of almost a normal person would do. It's insane that we have gotten to this point and... Really, to move forward, we need to get to a point where we see past Trump. Uh, And this is my problem with football players. The NFL has provided them an opportunity to make great wealth, help themselves, help their families. Uh, You have a short window to make this money. Don't let Trump talk you into doing things that are hurting your game. There are a couple different ways that Jason could have meant this. I'm going to take the high road here and presume that he just meant, you know, do what's best for you, even if 
you're uh, going to protest. Uh, that's probably not what he meant, but I'm just going to run with that. But thank you guys so much for listening. That's been it. I really appreciate all the support. Please like, comment, and subscribe. I really appreciate uh, the discussion in the comments. I will definitely be joining you. And if you want to support any amount of helps, patreon.com slash Thank you so much.